Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports. Oh come on! With Mike and Jesse, it is February twenty seventh. Uh, we're recording, I think, at like almost nine o'clock at night. It's not as cold as usual, so that's Beautiful. nice. Yeah, yeah, positively balmy, I would say. We got nothing on the TV because tell us you're a donkey. <laughs> tell us it's about to the donkey it's of the week. Impromptu donkey of the week here. <laughs> um. Nothing in our Twitter mailbag, but that's because we're so great. Hit us up at Sporty Rants if you want to just talk. We can talk to you. Yeah, We can do that. Talk, debate, um, fight, all-out fight. All-out fight. We'll do it all. Um, the discussion that we're going to kick off our podcast this week is Johnny Manziel done in football. Now, the precursors to why I bring this up is that today it came out that he violated or he... What is the word they used? Uh, the CFL... Turned to the Alouettes and voided the contract out. They said, Yeah, they it wasn't said, even an Alouettes decision. It was not an Alouettes decision. The CFL said he, he contravened the. the that was con- the word they used, yeah, contravened. Contravened the, uh, the contract, and uh, his contract is now null and void. And they instructed that any, in every other team in the CFL, if you try to sign them, they will not honor the contract and they won't, uh, they won't sanction it. So we were trying to figure out what this kind of means because it, they're kind of beating around the bush as to what the issue was. It's got to be a drug thing, right? That's it has what, to be, yeah, it has yeah. to be a sobriety thing or something. He had to, he had to, I'm assuming he had to maintain certain standards. But um, does the CFL do that? Like they didn't do it in the past. They have, didn't do it with Ricky Williams. He came here specifically so he could smoke maybe, pot. Maybe it's an Ambrosi thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe new, recent, yeah. yeah, yeah. Could be. And if, it's probably not a pot thing because pot's legal. It's probably like, but, he, but Manziel had a problem with drinking. Right, yeah. And even though pot's legal, it's not legal to do it if you're a professional sports player. Like no. it, it, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, even though pot is legal there, if you're a Seahawks player, you can't smoke weed. It's yeah. Just because yeah. of your job, that's just part of it. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is, Johnny Manziel done in football, like, or do you think the AAF and that, the XFL will? Those are the only two options, and and maybe they're not. Maybe at this point, people just believe he will not figure it out, and they're not, and they're done wasting their time with him. I'm on that camp, like for real. Like he 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 partied like like a crazy man in college. Like I think we all would if you were a rock star, like he would, mm-hmm. like he was. He went to the NFL, didn't give a fuck, thought he could coast on his talent, and then realized no. And he never, he never really tried. He couldn't, he couldn't beat his demons. He couldn't do any of that. So then he comes up to the CFL, and it's the same thing. You know, he doesn't have the work ethic to yeah. be a good football player. To be quite honest, and you're probably right. The way they worded that, it made me feel the the way the league worded that. I felt like he missed obligations with them. Like I felt like they signed him up to do some marketing or something, and he just he just negated. He just avoided those altogether, or maybe didn't show. he had like a. Um, uh, a parole type officer, like not not that, yeah. But maybe he had to check in every four weeks or so mm-hmm. and have a meeting with the commissioner, and maybe he missed a couple. That could have been right, and that's so unlike this league, though. That's the thing. So unless it's an Ambrosi thing, then I don't really understand why they would do that. It's it's nice that the league is like that, though, um, because because yeah. you want to be a professional league, you act like professionals. You can't have your players like just if well, they sign yeah. the contract. They have to abide by the contract. I agree. Right. I agree. So, but then, what about? So now, this is this could become a double standard. Though, what if uh, what if Bo Levi Mitchell um, does he not have this written in his contract? I bet you he doesn't. I bet you Manziel had it written in okay. because because of his past behavior. In. Yeah, yeah. You have to like you have to exhibit it coming in before. 
Right. I, yeah. I feel bad for the guy because, I mean, not that he hasn't blown numerous chances. It's all on him. It's 100% of the faults on him. But it just seems like, you know, as you grow up, you tend to get rid of some of the, that attitude and some of those demons. But, yeah, some guys just never lose it, obviously. Obviously. Um, if he asks for anything less than $20 million that Kaepernick's asking for from those two weeks, <laughs> I'm sure he'll get a job. Yeah. <laughs> but that's if the uh, American Alliance football can afford it. Well, they're going to start they're going to pay people again. They have a new uh, they have a new investor who just instantly became their freaking chairman and their their <laughs> owner essentially just bought the league for 250 mil so they could make payroll on week 2. There we go. There we go. All right, we're going to open up the show here. We're going to talk about uh, George St. Pierre who retired this past week for the second time. Right? Kind of. He, he didn't officially retire. He didn't last retire time. in 2015. No, okay. No. He was. He was. He had other things on his mind. There's a lot of things going on. He was doing a lot of wrestling training, where he was talking about maybe wrestling in the Olympics and things like that. Oh, okay. And he was also upset because uh, the the UFC was not handling the 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 drug situation very well at all. Guys were getting around it, and since they brought the new guy in, uh, whose name's escaping me right now, I should know it. But uh, he basically cleaned everything up, and now it's why you've seen a decline in the Brazilian fighters because they were all doping. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of interesting the way it's going now they're very tight with the drug stuff so G- gsp liked that they tightened up that situation so he came back after almost a four-year layoff between fights um and he just had the one but i guess that was enough for him well, yeah it's hard to to not do this well he wanted another one he wanted one with nermagomedov and, yeah, right. and nermagomedov also wanted it with him too so i'm a little disappointed that the ufc wouldn't get that on the board but i could see why they wouldn't because they the r- most risky thing that they could do right now is put nermagomedov in with a guy that is old and that could beat him because yeah. that, that just blows up their rising star, right? This guy just beat Connor. Yeah. The, the UFC's looking to cash in on him. They can't risk him losing. Even though it's losing to a legend, they can't risk him losing right now. Yeah. So he retires with a 26-2 and record. He had eight knockout-slash-technical knockouts, six submission victories, and 12 decisions. He won both the welterweight and middleweight UFC belts. Uh, and I think the welterweight he won two or three times. Not really. I couldn't really find the amount of times he won. Uh, I don't have it pulled up. But uh, the some of the stats that I saw that were quite interesting that, that I thought was he had the most wins in title fights with thirteen ever. So he's good at de- good at defending. Yes, and at defending winning, the and winning. <laughs> most wins by decision with twelve, which makes sense because the the criticism of him was that his fights were boring and they always went the full five. You know, right? what, you like, know that that speaks because he wasn't he wasn't flashy. He wasn't you know it's kind of funny. But that speaks to how good he was. He he dictated the fights, and if the fight was going to be him jabbing you in the eye for five rounds, he was going to do that. He yep. would win on points, no problem. And that's where that, that that's kind of where a common a lot of the common fan doesn't appreciate MMA enough because some of the most boring fights are actually some of the most technical. And I'm not a BJJ master expert or anything like yeah. that, but it's nice to watch guys when they're when they're good in other aspects other than just stand up. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a. It's like boxing, the sweet science. There's a sweet science to to mix martial arts too. Yeah. And if you're a casual fan, like I am a casual fan. Of, I'm actually probably less than a casual fan now of UFC, but I do appreciate what they do. But I even when I watch the fights, I don't understand the nuances of what's going on. But I understand how good. GSP was. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, he was appointment viewing. Like, for most of his run there, I remember we would get together every single pay-per-view that he was on. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and he 
he would he would almost beat guys with what they were good at. Like he beat Josh Koscheck by doing a lot of wrestling. He out wrestled Josh Koscheck, who was a Division One wrestler, like one of the best young wrestlers in America, and he just out wrestled him. He was amazing at building his skills and training for the specific skills of his opponents. Yeah. Um, another thing that uh, that this is probably the most eye popping stat. He's one of six people within the UFC with multi division championships. So GSP won the welter and middleweight. Then you had Randy Couture won the yeah. heavyweight and light heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, BJ Penn won the welterweight and the lightweight. Conor Fino. McGregor won the featherweight. Was that feather? Yeah. Yeah. And lightweight. Daniel Cormier won the light heavyweight and the heavyweight. Uh, it surprised me that Daniel Cormier was ever a light heavyweight. That surprised <laughs> the shit out of me. And Amanda Nunes uh, on, oh, the, yeah. on the ladies' side won bantam and featherweight. That's, so, uh, that's some good company. Those, like that, are, those are all amazing fighters. Those Exactly. When I saw that, I was like, wow, that is some great company to be a part of. He's obviously one of – probably the best athlete that Canada has ever produced. Um, you're not going to get an argument from like, me. I don't There's know. been some great hockey players, but what this guy's done is is it's different. It's yeah. different than hockey. Athlete. Yeah. Athlete. That, that's why I wanted to say right. athlete, like, yeah. not sport. Like yeah. athlete, I think he's the best that – it's ever produced. Um, well, Larry Walker. <laughs> I love I love Larry Walker, but just near the end of the career with the beer belly, that wasn't. Yeah. You didn't think athlete. I love Larry Walker, though. By the way, that's a great thing about baseball. You can get a beer belly and still fucking mash the oh, ball. That is yeah. an amazing part of baseball. Kirby Puckett, man. That's right. Uh, uh, who was in uh, San Diego there? Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Yep. David Ortiz late in his career. Oh, yep. Matt Stairs. That guy doesn't look like an athlete. But, uh, GSP. Um, so he retires. Uh, is there? Do you feel like we'll ever see a fighter like not on his level, but a fighter like him come out of Canada ever again? Oh, I hope so. But it's a, he's he's so unique. He's he's one of a kind, really. In his in the way he thinks about things, the way he approaches fights. Um, he wasn't a strict dieter. Like he during when he's training for fights, he would go to the keg and he would have a steak and a glass of wine. He thought out of the box that way. He didn't overtrain. Uh, he was really unique and a really cerebral fighter. And of course, we talked about the steroid issues. He was he was uncomfortable with that because he never took part in anything like that. But uh, I love him. He's a legend. I hope we see someone like him, but I know we won't. You're, uh, you're not going to see someone like him. It. Uh, I would be really. Uh, wary of stepping into the octagon too with a guy that could be juicing, like especially like, okay. like it's not like baseball, like you're not taking your life into your hands, mm-hmm. you know. But in this case, you're taking your life into your hands with a guy that could be who, who could kill you. Yeah, I mean it hasn't happened, but he could essentially. He could. He's trying to. Yeah, like so. he's trying to with with his fists. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. You, you look, you go into a fight with a guy like Vitor Belfort, as a, a Brazilian fighter who came into this league or came into the UFC in the very early days, back when everyone was juicing. But even later in his career, you would like, do you want to step into the ring with a guy who looks like someone who was drawn in a comic book? Yeah. Like this type of unnatural, just ripped shreddedness. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's unfair. Um, so unless I, everyone's doing it, which I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna juice. Not matter. Um, he will obviously Bart be like the Order of Canada. He'll get that within within a year or two. Here, yeah. he'll be in the Canada Sports Hall of Fame mm-hmm. without a shadow of doubt. Yeah. And uh, the two of us here just want to say that uh, what a great career and it's been beautiful to watch. Yeah, best regards and all your future endeavors, basically. Remember the fight against BJ Penn? 
where first he, or second? The, the second one. This one, the uh, the corner stoppage, wherever that one was. Yeah, he just quit. BJ Penn just quit. I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, which is for a guy that good. Like BJ Penn is one of the best UFC fighters of all time, easily. For him to just quit is yeah. That's an amazing fight. Yeah, for him to just be like, you know what, I can't. In the prime of BJ's career, too, at that point, by the way. That's when he was walking at the bottom of the ocean with rocks in Hawaii and training and all those amazing things. So, before the NFL gets to free agency... And before they get to the draft combine, and it's after the Super Bowl, the NFL always likes to stay in the news. They like to always have something going on. They're constantly putting out content. That's constantly their, that's their out thing. Content. And when they don't have some, they make some. <laughs> on purpose, on not purpose. on purpose. Not you never um, know. Or or it's maybe one of your more high profile owners <laughs> likes to go to a rub and tug in Florida. What? <laughs> so Robert Kraft is facing charges of soliciting a prostitute. He was videotaped twice paying for a sex act at Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. Who would have known that Orchids of Asia Day Spa would be Jeez. one of those things? Do you think they do a physio massage there too, like for athletes? <laughs> or is that just kind of a just a casual massage? Oh, man. He's one of 25 people facing charges, and they're all supposed to be high profile. But the only name that we've heard is Robert Kraft. So how that's weird. are they really high profile, or are they just yeah. trying to make them feel better? And so what? They're only arresting twenty five people because they're high profile. What the heck, the heck does that mean? Well, that that's who they got on tape. I'm guessing maybe right. the other ones on our tape. Oh man, no. that's that's weird. Then that seems like they're they're that's weird that they're only talking about famous people here. But they're the, the law. They they're not going to prosecute everybody. They're only going to prosecute the people they feel they got a case against. Oh, I'd be pissed right? off if I was right? Robert. Like that's that's a yeah. that, that is a real listen. I've watched a lot of Law and Order in that's, my day. That is what they do. That is reverse classism. <laughs> <laughs> Kraft has obviously denied any wrongdoing through his lawyers. Uh, he said, "Yeah, I paid for sex and I didn't do anything wrong." That's yeah. his take on it, probably. Yeah. Facing a first or second degree mis- misdemeanor in this, so the first. Uh, degree misdemeanor would get up to a year in jail and a thousand dollar fine. Never gonna happen. So the year in jail is never gonna happen. Like, yeah. like that's like you and I taking a dollar out of our pocket and saying, "Here, thanks, I'm on my way." You said a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. That's less than a dollar for us. That'd be like us taking a penny out of our pocket. There we go. And we don't even have a penny up here in yeah. Canada anymore. <laughs> the second degree misdemeanor would be up to sixty days in jail and a five hundred dollar fine. Neither of these things are gonna happen. No. No, no. Um, what is what is going to happen though is the NFL holds their owners to a higher standard with their personal conduct policy. Yep. At higher standard than even the players, which makes sense. Like they they want their they owners. Sh- they should be held to a higher standard. Yeah, the owners got to be the beacons, right? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know. They're they're what the league is built on. You saw they did it with Jim Irsay. He's the one. Yeah, that's, that's what I was just gonna yep. bring up here. Jim Irsay was suspended six games and fined five hundred k for being arrested on drug charges. Yeah. I think that um, Robert Kraft might not get that kind of fine, but he might get suspended for four games. 
The NFL has to punish him. They have to do right? something. Because because it's it's embarrassing for the league that he got caught. Well, and everyone's looking at this, too, because the, the Patriots, everyone thinks the Patriots in the league are buddy-buddy and really tight with each other, and it, I'm, I'm sure they probably are. So this one's going to be under more scrutiny, and I wonder if Goodell's going to feel like he has to almost do more, like go above and beyond what he normally would in this case to That's prove That's exactly a point. what he did with Brady in the def- or, uh, deflating Deflate the footballs. Deflate yeah. Suspending him for four games uh, was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's an equipment violation. Yeah. He should have been fined. That's it. There exactly. shouldn't have been a suspension for taking air out of a football. Are you fucking kidding me? It had so much pu- publicity they and notoriety. Won, they won 45-7. to seven. They could have played with a beach ball and won 45-7. to seven. The Colts were so bad that day. So, like, and... and the insaneness of all that, that whole deflate gate thing happened like around the same time, if not a year after the Ray Rice thing. Mm-hmm. And Ray Rice's was a, was originally a two game suspension. So <laughs> in Roger Goodell's world, yeah, it doesn't fit. Beating your wife. Now, granted, I'm air quoting, he did not see the video. Right. Okay. Yeah. But Ray Rice comes to you, something happened with my wife, there was a physical altercation, two games. Brady takes air out of a football, four games. So taking air out of a football is twice as bad as beating your wife? Like, that's that's what I'm getting from this. Roger Goodell needs to get TMZ on his payroll. <laughs> yes, he Those does. Those guys have everything. If he can't find the video, he needs to get yeah. them on it, and he will find a video of it. And uh, the the state attorney that's, um, that's prosecuting the case... Uh, goes into detail about what happened to Robert Kraft in the oh what parlor. happened. Um, so I don't have it in front of me, but I'm just gonna I <laughs> paraphrase it. it. I, I can't wait to hear it. Paraphrase it. So he walked in at like 11:02 a.m. Great time for a handy. <laughs> oh, there's more than a handy. Oh, though. good. Let's... Oh, yes. And then he he walked into the he was led into the parlor by 11:05. Okay. And then, get, get them in quick. Yeah, and then at eleven thirteen, um, or I think at eleven oh eight, the the masseuse comes in. At eleven thirteen, you can see her. Um, what was the word they used? Derobing. No, no, no. Not <laughs> I'm um, just guessing. I'm gonna say massaging. That's not the right word. But basically, touching his his penis and his testicles. Oh, yes, that's and massaging. Then, you can call that massaging. Well, I don't know if that's the word they use though. Yeah. Right. I was just trying to remember the words because they they used some lawyer speak, and it was just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Because, because she was giving him a hand job, <laughs> and they can't say that. In the, no, in the, I know. I love it. Make it technical. I love it when lawyers have to talk about dirty shit, and they yeah. try to play it up like it's not dirty as fuck. And then, well, because you got to explain everything, you can't leave anything out to because because there's right. different kinds of hand jobs. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Eleven thirteen. Penis was flaccid. Eleven fourteen. <laughs> penis was flaccid. Eleven fifteen. Semi chub. <laughs> eleven sixteen. Full blown. Yeah, and then at eleven eighteen, they said that you could see the masseuse's head uh, go down to where the towel was. Oh. Oh. Maybe she was checking if the towel was clean. She was just and then, the towel. And then at eleven twenty three, he walked out of the the room and and paid his 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 tab and his his tip. And then he left. You know what? I can see what I can <laughs> see what he left in. I think they said uh, a Bentley limo or something like that, or a Cadillac limo or huh. something. They had the license plate. That's how they knew it was Robert Kraft because the license plate was on the limo. They had that. Right. It's it's registered under his name. And the bada bing bada boom. Yeah. There he is. I can see why this place is so popular. That's efficiency right there. I know. Like be, so. 
he was out of there by 11.23, so in 21 minutes he, he went in, uh. settled in, got off, and left. Yeah. What, did he get two? Jeez, 20 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, he's an old man. I don't think he can do two in that time. <laughs> he's like the pill only lasts so for one. So my thing was, I'm like, holy shit, isn't this guy married to, like, Myra Kraft? Like, like what the fuck? Like, they've been married for forever. Uh, I had forgotten that she had passed away in 2011, and he was is dating a 39 year old actress who you told me just before we went on air. Yeah, uh, you can explain this. Yeah, she he, uh, she has a kid with somebody else. Uh, this happened while she was dating Robert Kraft, and he's just raising this child, even though it's not his. So it's just it's an it's an agreement. They just seem to have this agreement, which is totally fine among consenting people yep. uh, to do this type of thing. You. It happens with rich, <laughs> rich owners of sports teams. Uh, there's a Clippers owner who ran into a situation somewhat yep. like this, but yep. it just kind of happens. These guys have wives, and then they have girlfriends. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense to people like us, but it's how they operate. Um, so, when this originally broke, they said he was arrested in a in a sting for a, a sex trafficking. I saw a lot of publications getting so, this wrong when yes. they were putting so their headlines. So that was the original thing. Now. Technically, so no, he was he was he was he's being charged with soliciting soliciting a prostitute, but he was not he was not arrested for like being part of a sex trafficking thing. Right, he didn't traffic. No, any they people. were watching the spa because yes. it is it is it, it's in this whole thing of sex trafficking. Right, he did not. He's not like the leader. No, and, no, and, not and, at all. And selling these girls and stuff. No, right? he got he got caught up in it. I saw a lot of people on Twitter and even sites like Yahoo and and, and MSN. I, I could be getting that wrong, but at least one of those had it. Had it that Robert Kraft caught up in human trafficking ring, or they, they worded yeah. it in a way that's just yeah. vague. Yeah, which I understand. It's clickbait. I, I totally get that, but it was just really odd. So, uh, and and that's something I should point out too. I'm making jokes here. I don't want to take away from the severity of human trafficking if that's going on oh, no, into these spas. That's obviously a terrible thing there. So I certainly wouldn't want to make light of that. But what we're making light at is a is a guy that's worth six point six billion dollars going for an eighty dollar uh, hand job and blow job there. Yeah. When he could get like a nice escort to his house and it'd be private, couple couple thousand dollars an hour, you can get one of the most amazing. But you know, maybe you don't get people the six, you've ever met. Maybe you don't get the six point six billion uh, by paying two thousand, three thousand dollars for an escort. That's true. I used to hear Trump used to pick up change off the street, even when he was rich as hell. So it's yeah. it's that mentality that makes you rich, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the the always trying to acquire more wealth. Uh, so just the NFL just. You know, even when there's nothing going on, there's something going on. It's just crazy. NFL's great. <laughs> uh, there's not the drama of NBA, but they try. Oh, yeah. They try. They do it in other ways. <laughs> All right, for NHL, we got a lot to go over here because the trade deadline passed on Monday and I was wrong. I thought there would be no action and there was a lot of action. There was a lot of guys were motivated to sell just to get rid of contracts. Yep. Yeah, it was insane. So we're just going to kind of go through the list going back to probably like we didn't talk about the Duchesne trade because that happened after we were off air. 
And of course, it's on the next page. Jesus Christ! I think it was on this. I think I think it happened the day we did the last podcast. Didn't it happen last Wednesday uh, or Thursday? Yeah, it was the day well, after. It was really close after that. Um, so just give me a second here. But the Flames made a minor deal to get a depth defenseman, Fattenberg. Fatten Fattenberg. Oscar. <laughs> um, they just. This is not news, by the way. We're leading with this one. It's not news. It's not news, but I think to talk about um, uh, the to go on the Flames thing just because it's quick, they just weren't willing to part with huge assets for a rental. No, and Mark Stone was the guy that they they were looking at him early on, and then they circled back in the end. They were looking at him the whole time, and then they circled back late in the end. But they they're, they're not. They there was a combination of things they weren't willing to give up. They were very hesitant to give up on uh, Valimaki or Rasmussen, uh, young defensemen, 21, 22 year old defensemen who are good now and only going to get better. Yeah. Uh, the, the first round pick, I'm sure they'd be happy to part with, but they weren't ready to give up the young players. And also with Stone, it's very realistic they wouldn't have been able to sign Stone after, based on their afterwards. Cap, based on their cap situation, for yeah. sure. And with what he signed with in, in uh, Las Vegas, I think this is a great move for Stone. Las Vegas, I think it's a good move for them too. They have the capability to do it right now, so why not Why not flex that muscle while they oh, have it? Oh, for sure. Um... So, and I saw on Twitter, of course, I saw, I gotta stop going into the goddamn Twitter rabbit hole. Oh, it's an addiction. It's but, brutal. But uh, people were complaining that um, everyone around them improved and the Flames did nothing. Now, okay, but the Flames are seven points up on the Sharks yes. as of tonight. The Flames are the second best team in the NHL right now. Yeah. And the and the best team is very good. So yeah, they're in good spot. The best team is 11 points ahead of them. Yeah. Um, uh, unless they won against the Rangers tonight. I'm not sure if they did. They were tied 3-3. But uh, so the Lightning have 100 points and the Flames have 89. Like, it's not like... It's weird when like, you... Like, yeah. It's kind of weird for, I think, for both of us to see the Flames in this position because it's been a very long time. Like, like every stat I see is the last time they did something like this. Like, the last time they got to 40 wins this quick was 1988-89. And I've, everything yeah. like harkens back to that one cup season. And I, I've been saying that this year because that's just the, the truth. But what I get a lot of the fans, what I'm hearing from a lot of the fans is this worry and this like, oh, what, what, what about Neil? What about Neil? Like, who gives a shit about Neil? Just enjoy the ride, guys. Just yeah, enjoy that, the ride. That's all you can do. And, and it could be gone next year. That's the thing. So you don't want to spend this year worrying? Yeah. If next year's bad, then exactly. you're just waste. How many seasons are you going to waste? Exactly. So we'll just kind of, we're going to scroll through. Uh, the Senators traded Matt Duchesne and Julius Bergman to the Blue Jackets for Vitaly Abramov, Jonathan Davidson, a first round, a 2019 first round pick, and a 2020 conditional first round pick. Conditional regarding the, Based on the re-signing. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. I was surprised that the Blue Jackets did this. The Blue Jackets are going all in. They're going all in. And they're not maximizing their assets in order to win this year. It's so weird. It is so weird. They didn't trade Panarin. They didn't trade Bobrovsky. They are literally going for a Stanley Cup this year. And and Duchesne is... is He's he's an RFA. Or a a UFA. A UFA. So they could lose all three. Yeah. In theory. Um, I love that from Kekalainen. Like, good balls on that man. You know what? He, uh, He sees that the... Metro is probably the weakest it's been in years. Pittsburgh and Washington aren't playing as well as they... Are known to. Yep. So if there is ever a time to get out of that division, and you know what, if Tampa runs into injuries or something like weird things happen, yeah, exactly, they can face somebody from the Atlantic that's a little bit more 
their speed that they could beat. Who knows? Well, they're I'm like they're if, if you're a fan of that team, if you go to those games, you gotta respect this. You yeah. you have to. It might not be the smartest long term decision, but you gotta respect the, you know what? They, the gambler's mentality. Yeah, exactly. They're aggressive, and it's nice to see your GM be aggressive and it's better be than the alternative. That's exactly. for damn sure. Um, going up, the Stars acquired Matt Zuccarello from the New York Rangers. A for, guy the Flames were very in on Matt Zuccarello. Uh, 2019. Conditional second round and a 2020 conditional third. Uh, I'm not going to go into the conditions. It's just too much. Yeah, I don't, you yeah, know, fuck it. Playoff um, rounds and shit. Matt Zuccarello got hurt the first the game. The first game. Out Bro- for a month, I yeah, think? broke his arm. Oh. Broke his forearm. He's out for a month. So it's got to That like, is so weird how that happens. Yeah, it's just luck, bad luck, hey? That's just bad luck. It's terrible luck, but I almost think there's more, a little more to it than that. And it's not something you could measure, but I think it's the fact you go to a new team... It's just your 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 mind maybe isn't in it, and you're just not acting totally normal. But he he scored a goal and an assist that game, like it, like he was having a good game. It was crazy. The adrenaline's there, but there's something in your mind. Yeah, maybe. I, no, I'm making something out of nothing because <laughs> plenty of guys get traded all the time. But I'm just saying, maybe in that instance, maybe his mind was on yeah. something a little bit else. Um, uh, the Senators then traded Ryan Dezingle. Another guy the Flames were in on. Uh, to the Blue Jackets again. I don't know why they didn't just package this all together in one trade, just by the way. Um, for Anthony Duclair, a 2020 second and a 2021 second. So the Jackets are loading up. Um, oh, nuts. Obviously, the Senators are just acquiring picks. It makes sense what they're doing. The, what they're doing is is what they should be doing right now. They, people have been harping on them for over a year now, but they're actually building something there. Yeah, well, and it, if Pierre Dorian can actually do a decent trade and uh, or a decent draft, sorry. Apparently, they offered uh, Stone enough of a an offer for him to consider it. So, so they weren't they weren't messing around with that either. Although I think they should be glad that they got rid of him because well, keeping return. a guy like like Stone when you're planning for two or three years in advance, yeah, he'd be a, he'd be more of a veteran at that time. It just didn't um, make sense. So just kind of scrolling here. Okay, this one confused the fuck out of me. And by the way, what website are we on here? NHL Trade Tracker. Get the proper logos for your fucking teams on here. Florida, old logo. Pittsburgh, old logo. What the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, you're, you're the only one that would notice that. I had no I, idea. And it's, it, you're not the only one, but people this like This tells yeah. me that they are not paying attention to their shit. Oh, anyways, lazy. Lazy at the very least. Yeah. Penguins acquire Eric Goodbranson for, from the Canucks for Tanner Pearson. You said this one confused you? Yes. Well, it didn't confuse me because they lost two defensemen in that stadium series uh, game against the Flyers. Yeah. But how the fuck does Eric Goodbranson help you? Like, he is a dinosaur in today's game. He's tough as hell. And he's, Enough he's, a, with he's the a toughness. You need, you need some of that. You fuck. can't go without it, man. You, especially in the playoffs, you're going to want a little bit of that. And Tanner Pearson. By the way, the Penguins went and got toughness last year. Ryan Reeves, it didn't work out. Toughness doesn't mean squat. You need to be able to play. But Ryan Reeves was great for Las Vegas in the playoffs, doing the same no, role. No, he wasn't. He played three games. He wasn't great. I'll take that back. But he was effective. <laughs> A couple times in the games he played. Three games, but not enough to stay in for the rest of it. He's not always useful, but they did like him for a few games. Your your toughness is is secondary. Okay, uh, but Goodbranson can play a defensive defenseman role too. It's not like as a sixth defenseman. Like I just don't understand. Like why couldn't you call up a kid? It just made no sense to me. 
They obviously didn't like Tanner Pearson, who they who no, they, they did who they acquired for Carl Hagelin. It just confused me. Like Tanner it, Pearson is there's something going on with him. He seems to be a shell of what he was in L.A. when they were really doing good, and he was on that great line. But this, I can see why this makes sense to me. I, I don't. I like Good Branson. He's a dinosaur in the sense he's almost like a Robin Regeer who likes to fight. So he's a bit of a dinosaur in that sense. I know where you're coming Mike, from with it's that. It's 2019. It's not 20 fucking 10. Yeah, but you don't need to have six guys on your defense that just move the puck. You don't need to have six TJ Brodies. You need a little bit of something there. Listen, they did they did they Pittsburgh won the cup two years in a row with with a a no-name defense and nobody like everyone said like oh you couldn't do it and they did it. it you just need guys to play well for 6 weeks and you don't need to acquire a guy because he's tough like that just feels like a when Brian Burke was in Calgary move you know like we need we need truculence like yeah it, but this isn't just bringing on toughness though he he's a he can play 20 minutes though that's the thing uh, and, and and I would I would agree with you that uh they don't value value Tanner Pearson too high yeah, I, I would agree with you on that obviously. so so that's why they make a trade like this right uh, so the Flames, like we said, got Oscar Fantenberg, and they traded a 2020 conditional fourth round pick. So not a, not a big, no deal. It's just a depth D because it's yeah. a it's attrition in the playoffs. Yeah. that was that whole move. Unfortunately, guys will get injured. Uh, going up, going up. Cliff Poo got traded. Okay. <laughs> Massive trade with Massive. Cliff Poo involved. God, I'm immature. So um, the Rangers traded Kevin Hayes to the Winnipeg Jets for Brendan Lemieux, a 2019 first and a 2022 conditional fourth. Yeah, Hayes fits the Jets perfectly. Like he he's does. like six foot five. I like Hayes. Two hundred twenty pound center. Yeah, like Jesus Christ. U- U.S. college player. Uh, just a really good, really good kind of all around player. He's not going to light up the lamp, but he he does a good all around game. He's kind of like a Mark Stone light. Guys who are looking at Mark Stone and couldn't get in on him went to the Kevin Jet, Hayes. The Jets wanted Stone, but it didn't work. So yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and the Flames also did too, but I could understand them not wanting to give up. Uh, you know, a young guy. If you do the Flames trade in that, it it's their first round pick. A conditional fourth or third, and then a guy like uh, a, you, Dylan Dubé or something like that. Dylan Dubé, yes, I was gonna, yeah, Sam Bennett was a little bit beyond that, but Dylan Dubé would be a great, great uh, yeah. alternative. Um, going on here, the Sharks acquired Gustav Nyquist from the Red Wings for a 2019 second and a 2020 conditional third. Um, I'm surprised the Red Wings didn't move more guys, like. Yeah. Well, you know, do they? I, I don't have a list in front of me. Do they have a lot of guys that are on expiring contracts? No, just, but even even with contracts, like, like I, I do a guy like Darren Helm, like get rid of yeah, that, like, like stuff like that. You're you're rebuilding. Why are you holding on? They to are in guys? full full rebuild mode. Uh, the Bruins got Marcus Johansson from the Devils for 2019 second and 2024th. The reason just I bring him up is yeah, he was on the Capitals yeah. and he just didn't work out there. Um. And they had to trade him for cap reasons, and now he's been dealt twice in like two or three years. So yeah, that is weird when guys start to move around quickly. If if they're if they're effective in one spot, and then they start to move around quickly. You're like, what the heck's going on? You, people exactly. always talk about that with uh, Dougie Hamilton. Yep. Um, Predators got Michael Granlund from the Wild for Kevin Fiala. They're they're going to the Oilers' way of just one for one swap. Yeah, and that wasn't we were talking about that. This is an odd trade because I like Kevin Fiala. I really liked him in the playoffs for Nashville last year. But uh, I, I get, 
Granlin is also the better Granlin. He's a pretty good player. He's you know he's been they, a second line he, center on that yeah, team for may, a long time. Yeah, he may have higher offensive upside. They figure. Yeah. Uh, Derek Broussard got traded to the uh, to the Avalanche, so he's been traded twice this season. Man, has he fallen off a cliff? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Because where was he a really high scorer in Ottawa or was Ottawa. that Columbia? Yeah, Ottawa, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Nashville, man. They went and got Wayne Simmons from the Flyers for Ryan Hartman in a 2020 conditional fourth. Damn. Yeah. That's, I know Simmons isn't having the best year, but damn, that's a good pickup. Simmons is the last real uh, power forward power type forward. of guy. Kind of like the Iggy Mold. The Iggy Mold. Those guys yeah. don't exist anymore. And I love Wayne Simmons so much, man. He's got he's he's he, he scores these gritty goals from like five feet in front of the net. He's he's probably still to this day he's probably the best fighter in the NHL who can actually play because yeah. the other guys don't exist anymore. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then in the last deal, the Knights acquired Mark Stone for the Senators for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, and a twenty twenty second. I know the prospects um, for the the Knights, like those guys were high on their prospect list. But yeah. to me, I was like, damn, Vegas, that was a hell of a move. And then just a second round pick too. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that makes sense for them. Um, and they re-signed him right away to like an eight-year... It was obviously negotiated before, before the trade was even made. And the big thing with Vegas too, that their benefit is there's no state tax because of all the gambling. And I'm not sure if Mark Stone's a family man, but I guess their school systems are some of the best in the U.S. I, I, it, ma- it makes total factors. sense. It that makes plays factors. I so, can see a lot of players wanting to go to Vegas in the near future. Yeah. Um, so, I wrote down what I thought were the winners and losers. Um, winners, I have the Golden Knights and the Predators and the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Um, Knights, they went out and got Mark Stone. Now they're going to have a line of like Stastny, Pacioretty, and Stone on one line. Like that's a hell of a line. And he's he's responsible defensively, so he plays. He's gonna he's gonna fit in greatly with the way they play hockey. Gerard Gallant will have him. Yeah, you know that that's a heck of a pickup. Mark, um, he's such a complete player. Like that that's the main thing. I can understand why so many teams were in on him, and I can understand why. What's his? What did the contract was it nine point five? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's huge money yeah. for a guy who doesn't score like 100 points a season or something yeah. like that. But, but he's one his of the top intent- scoring wings, but he's, he's not a 100-point scoring wing. But his his give-a-shit meter is always on high. He's engaged every hockey game he plays in. He's engaged as hell, yep. which people love. And you can't you can't train that. That's no, the thing. That, that's, that's, that's something you have or you don't. Yeah. And, and yeah, just a great all-around player. Uh, I wish the Flames could have got him, but I... I I think the I think the contract extension thing is the reason the Flames couldn't have got him. Uh, Predators um, were a winner picking up Simmons and Granlund for Fiala and Hartman. Basically, like that's a huge upgrade. And they're, they're and they gave nothing off their D. Yeah, like and that's a team. They're gonna be a scary team in the playoffs. But that is a team that's starting to see their window close. It's not yeah. closed, but they're starting to be like, oh, we're in the we're in the next couple of years where this is gonna get tight. Yeah. So they're also uh, them and Winnipeg right now. Are really trying to go for it in the in the immediate future in the next one to two years. Whereas the Flames, although they're trying to go for it now, um, they are they probably have a much bigger window yeah. than teams like that. Uh, Blue Jackets, obviously, we, we said earlier, like it's great that the Keck alignment is is being uh, aggressive and going <laughs> for it. Um, Twitter, I, verify him. He's not even verified on Twitter. Yarmo Kekalainen, GM for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're like, no, that's not a real guy. And he, he probably, I'm sure he doesn't give a shit, but verify him so people know who it's actually yeah. him. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to give a dark horse, dark horse winner, uh, the Flames. 
because Brad Tree Living wasn't bullied into making a deal. Um, the Flames are the best team in the Western Conference, and I know everyone else loaded up around them, but they had to load up to match the Flames. Yeah, it's right? true. Like, think about it that way. They had to yeah. load up to match the Flames. And we're going to sound like homers here for sure, but I think we're pretty – we have a pretty good opinion on it. Like, this, this we, we tell them when they're shit, and we tell them when they're good. Yeah. Right now, they're good. They're good. They've won seven in a row. Yeah. Um, losers. I think the Penguins were a loser. I just didn't understand that deal they made. And Jim Rutherford keeps on doing deals to, to fix his mistakes from other deals. Jim like, Rutherford loves to make deals. He wakes up in the morning and calls and somebody. I, and I get that. And you know what? It's worked sometimes. And But it's just the last few have not worked out for him. Uh, but so, yeah. when you have Crosby and Malkin, you constantly have to go for it. Like the cupboards are bare when it comes to prospects and that. But with Crosby and Malkin, you have to go for it constantly because they're those kind of players. You can't. Yeah. You can't have them missing the playoffs. I find it funny that people still don't give Malcolm, Malkin credit as one of the best NHLers of all time. It's it's it, he wasn't on the top one hundred, which blew my fucking mind. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. Hey, I I just value him much higher than that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Crosby actually just passed Mario Lemieux for most games played by uh, by a Penguin. Yeah, games played is not the the mark. You no, need it's to not. Lemieux but it's just, <laughs> just, just throw it out there. And, and, also, and, and I say that as a compliment to Lemieux. Like I wish he could have played more games and see yes. what, see what that guy could have done if he had played more games. Uh, I think he would have beat Gretzky's records. That's my. But I'm also. He, I think he's I'm, on a, I'm a Lemieux fanboy. So you're a big Lemieux fan. I'm a big Lemieux fan, but I think he would have beat Gretzky's records. But who isn't a Lemieux fan or Gretzky? Um, and also in the loser category, I put the Blue Jackets. Like, are they winner and a loser because they didn't move Panarin, they didn't move Bobrovsky. Yeah. And there's a chance they lose all three guys with Duchesne in that mix now. And if they don't win <coughs> the cup or go now. It's not enough now for them to just win a playoff series. They got to go to at least the, the Easter Conference final. No, they have to go, moves, right? They have to go to the finals, and if they go to the finals and don't win the cup, you could still make an argument that they are a loser. Just insane, hey? You could it, yeah. it could go either way. Just This is going to be so tight for them cuz they're handing out one cup at the end of the season. And if they don't get it, yeah. they lost a bunch. <laughs> but you and they didn't repl- they could have got Two draft picks for Panarin, high ones. Uh, they could have got draft picks and young players for Bobrovsky. Especially because Florida was sniffing around. They could have done something. They missed know? replenishing their cabinets, but I still like what they're doing. I'm very interested in what they're doing. It makes for it makes for, for a great topic of discussion when, when they get aggressive like this. Yeah. All right, we're going to end it off with the Donkey of the Week. Now, what do we got? It was pretty close. I thought I was going to give it to Robert Kraft for most of the week because I was just like, you know what? Like, you just you're worth so much money. Be smarter. That's the thing. You just know? don't get caught. Be, yeah. be be better. Be be better. Be smarter. Yeah, don't go to the but you know floating what? lilies or whatever the hell that is. But you know what? Who is it? Ross Atkins came to the rescue. Oh, I know why. Jay's GM. I know why. He uh, he had an interview yesterday. And he said that he doesn't believe that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a major leaguer right now. Donkey. Now, I know... We know why he's saying this. We all know why he's saying this. They're manipulating the service time to get an extra year at the end of the contract. I understand that. But lie better. Lie better. Like, if you would have said, you know what, he just doesn't... You know, he needs to work on playing defense. 
Well, I'd be like, okay, that's fair. That's a good point. This is a lazy lie. This we, is a. That's why he's a donkey because it's a lazy true. fucking lie. Yeah. Look at your roster, dude. It sucks. And here, <laughs> here's the other thing. A lot of fans, and I'm in this group, I would say that what they're doing is not wrong. I want them to do this. Yes. I, I want to keep Vladdy for an extra year. I want. I don't want them to start his service time any sooner than they have to. But don't lie to us like we're a bunch of morons. Exactly. It's so frustrating. And we've talked about this a million times, how frustrating this ownership group is because they think their fans are morons. And, and, and so this would be my question. Is Ross Atkins doing this because he's not allowed to say the actual reason? Which that could be very true. Like, Well, I, he, he cannot say that they're holding him down because of service time. Okay. Because, because in their collective bargaining agreement, okay. you're not supposed to do that. Okay, so right? that's why that's, he's, that's that's why why he's wording it like but this. But for real, like, fuck, you. he looks like he's smart. But when he opens his mouth, he's very dumb. And, and so now I'm starting to think of his the way he has to figure this out is that's a, that's a tough position for him because he's he has to go in front of the media right now. He's like, I have to say that we're sending this guy down and I have to act like it's not for the most obvious reason that we're doing yes, it. Yes. So he's put in a tough situation there, but plan it out better. Lie better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come up with a better one. Like yeah. for real. Yeah. Um, trick me. Try to trick me. And, and to say that he's not major league ready, like fuck's sakes. Last year in in Double A, uh, New Hampshire hit four hundred two. Uh, then he went up to Triple A Buffalo, hit three thirty six. Well, he has to specify. He has to say he's not defensively ready yes. for the major leagues. You know, but don't say anything about his bat because the guy's a no, fucking you're, beast. Yeah, you're nuts. Um, now my like, and and this is just a segue that I that I wanted to bring up. Like Dallas Keuchel is still out there, and. And there's other guys out there that they that could help this team. There's a lot of guys out there. Why aren't the Jays reaching out for them for even a one year deal? Uh, is it possible because they their their plan is to not win? That well, that's exactly it. But isn't that like kind of frustrating? It's extremely frustrating, right? Like you're just you're you're planning to lose. Yeah, but that's a that's a problem that is is in Major League Baseball right now. It, it maybe there's. Ten teams that are trying to win. I think Justin Verlander is right. I think a lot of the teams are are embracing the tank. Yeah, and it blows my mind because I don't. I think in baseball it is such a crapshoot that your draft picks work out for you. Right. It it's not like the NFL where you could point to like these three draft classes and that's why they're they are where they are. And the NBA, you know, you draft a guy in the first round, he better be fucking playing right away. And the NHL, you can do that. But that's baseball, so true. Yeah. Baseball, like the draft's a fucking 40 rounds or something for, or actually it's longer than that, isn't it? Like 90 odd rounds for the, the amateur draft. Well, and that's like, that's what I don't understand too, because it makes sense. Like other, other sports, there's people that are obviously tanking. There's teams in the NBA that are tanking. NHL is tanking. But in baseball, why is there so many? So to your point, why is there so many that are tanking? Especially in a sport where the draft picks are less uh, prominent, I should say, on on your roster. And you don't draft guys based on their talent a lot of the time. You draft them based on the ability to sign the guy. Yeah. Because they're they're slotted, right? Like the first overall pick is slotted for this signing bonus and the second is slotted for this. So it's like... So are they attacking to accumulate assets and then once they accumulate some assets via whatever way they do it, not necessarily the draft. And and then they go through... And and, and then they 
build a bigger payroll and go for some high-end free agents. It doesn't make sense to me either. I kind of agree with Verlander. Like, a lot of the players are coming out and saying, they're like, this is wrong, this is wrong, but they're not actually articulating why. A lot of the players are saying, oh, these are, 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 our comrades aren't getting paid and this is the problem, but they're not articulating why. It's a, The problem is that teams are actively trying to lose. Yes, I would agree with that. But, like, so Dallas Keuchel's out there. Like, he could help the Jays. Like, what what confuses me is they've decided that they're going to piss away all their new fans they made in, in 2015 and 2016 by sucking. These new fans don't understand what the fuck you're doing. No. And but, they're going to turn away, yeah. and they might not come back. But what Rodgers has learned from the last run is they can gain new fans by winning. So if they turn the team around and uh, they can start winning... No, no, it wouldn't be the same, though. It, if, it's not going to be the same, but if the team's in the playoffs, they're going to sell out. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, and, but the and, fever I don't think would be the same. Like, I'm with you. I don't like it as much. It's not... They went from winning the World Series in 93 and then not making the playoffs again until 2015. It was That was my whole childhood, watching them be shit. Right? That was 22 years. Yeah. If they made the playoffs, let's say, in 2022, it would only be uh, six years. The, the yeah. fever, the, the pent-up fever would not be there. I, I agree Cause with you. Because 2015 and 16 were the perfect storm. I agree with you, and I honestly think they don't care. And that's just They're awful. running it like a business. That's just awful. And then, but... Like, as fans in the Toronto area, like, they're going to show their displeasure. They're going to turn around and, and they're not going to go to the to the ballpark. Um, but you got to show it in TV things, too. Like, you And gotta, that's the thing. I'm going to watch. I'm unpleased with them and I'm still going to watch. Yeah. So that that that's why I say they don't care because they know they got me. It's just awful. It's just awful. And um, we all understand why the Vladdy thing is happening. Just Ross Atkins, be a better fucking liar. Like, it's just awful. I admit, like, I wish I was a Yankees fan. Not because the Yankees are what they used to be with Steinbrenner when they would go out and buy everyone. I appreciate the Yankees' approach now. They're still doing business smartly, but they're also saying, you know what? We, we'll attract some good players and we'll sign them. How did they get Severino on a deal for $10 million a season? I bet you the players wish Steinbrenner was there, though. Oh, players do? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> they're Hell saying, yeah. like, we can't get signed. Oh, Where's man. Steinbrenner? I, I, I read that Lions of Baseball book about Steinbrenner, and he was so weird. He would he he walked in one day right after he bought the team. I believe he bought the team from CBS in kind of a weird deal. CBS owned the team, and he bought them from him in a weird deal, kind of on the agreement that he wasn't going to change anything about them. And a guy named Mike Burke was the GM of that team at the time, and he liked to have fresh flowers in the office in the morning. And so he, that was just something he did. He like he, he felt it was a better mood. Steinbrenner walked in there one day and saw the fresh flowers. He was like, "This guy's got to go." Totally reneged on the deal he did with CBS and fired that guy. <laughs> oh, phenomenal! <laughs> and it went like that for the rest of Steinberg's <laughs> Steinbrenner's, Steinbrenner's uh, tenure there. Steinberg. Steinberg. Yeah. All right, that's been. Uh, this week's episode, it was a short one, to be quite honest. There was not a lot going on, and the Robert Kraft stuff is probably the most crazy shit that's gone on. Uh, but you can we'll... only talk about hand jobs for so long. <laughs> that, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up. And have... the blowy, don't forget that. That's right. Have a good night, everybody. See you next week.